Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Gordon Dean, and this is the Sower's Seat Pod Podcast. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. I wanted to go ahead and share something with you. I was reading through an article and I came across what I I thought was a really interesting question and the way it was the way it was phrased and the way it was worded really got me to thinking. So just kind of bear with me for a second here. The the subject was abundant life and I'm kind of reading this I guess you call it a blog post. And the question was phrased Jesus said he came to give us abundant life. But what does that look like? And I got to thinking about that because it very, very distinctly goes back to some of the other uh, topics that I've I've touched upon. In that, you know, there's there's this misconception that you know when when we accept Jesus, all of a sudden, you know, uh, life is rosy and and beautiful and all of our problems go away and all of a sudden we're perfect people and you know we that's not the case i mean it just isn't because we are sinful broken people now without trying to rehash all of the other uh discussions on this topic what what is this abundant life and what does it mean what what does it mean to us and and frankly how do we get it well so first of all, I want you to understand something. If if you're listening to this and, and you're not saved, I need you to understand that this, this idea, this concept of abundant life is really the, the driving force behind why your Christian friends are constantly, hopefully, inviting you to church, uh, quoting scripture to you, uh, when you post on social media that you're you're not doing well for whatever reason, or that you know you need positive vibes or or whatever it is, that the response is that they're praying for you, and it's not it's not because they don't respect the fact that you're not a Christian. It's that they've they've uncovered what is referred to as as abundant life, and in fact, I'm sure. You've even seen some churches that are named that, you know, Abundant Life Fellowship, uh, Abundant Life Church, that kind of thing. So the big question becomes then, well, what does that mean? What is abundant life? Because if you pick it apart, it it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because when you start talking about having an abundance of something, it usually means you have more than you can use. Uh, you know, uh, for those of you who plant a garden, for example, you know what happens when you end up with an abundance of tomatoes or <laughs> an abundance of zucchini, for those of you who make zucchini bread. So how then do we have more life than we know what to do with? Well, the first thing is, please understand that this is a difficult thing to truly truly get across to somebody who doesn't already have something of a common point of reference, but I'm going to try. The The first thing that you need to understand, I, I think, really, is, is to kind of set, like I said, kind of a common point of reference. The, the reference to abundant life comes from John chapter 10 and verse 10, so let me read that to you really quick. 
The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I came, that's Jesus saying this, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So again, using the definition of more than we know what to do with, what what does this abundant life mean? Well, obviously, the first easy answer is that the the main thrust of having a relationship with God through Jesus is that we are going to spend eternity with them in heaven. Okay, that's uh, you know most non-Christians could even tell you that that's kind of the 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 main objective. I guess is the best word that I could use to. You know the, the main thrust behind what we do as Christians, what we believe as Christians. So again, to to kind of touch on some of the other topics that I've covered in the past, you know what we do here is not for the purpose of any kind of earthly reward. We're not doing this for the approval of men. We're not doing this because, as you know, some preachers would have you believe that you know if you pray right or you you know you're the right kind of Christian that you know God's going to lavish cars and money and boats and houses and all kinds of of prosperity upon you here on this earth. Our objective is beyond this life. It's beyond this world, and so that's where our, our riches and our treasures are stored up is is in heaven. And that, too, then becomes a direct reference to the the concept of being granted more life than you know what to do with. So the idea being that if you are saved, if you are a Christian, that you are going to be spending an eternal life in heaven with God, whereas anybody who's not a Christian who's not saved, is going to be spending eternity in hell. And the, the alternate then to abundant life would be abundant death, more death than you know what to do with. That ultimately would be the definition of hell. But understand very clearly that, you know, again, going back to the, the idea that I have plans you know, to prosper you, says God, uh, not plans for your destruction, but, but plans... To, to, to prosper you and, and, and to lift you up, these things are also promised in the Bible. And of course, as I've discussed before, they're, they're kind of the, the basis, if you will, for a lot of this prosperity garbage. But let's, let's continue to move forward with this. If we, if we look, for example, in Romans chapter 15, uh, turning over to uh, chapter 15, excuse me, verse 13, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Now, this is a fairly easy thought process to follow. Okay? As I've as I've brought up before, what we get here on earth from our our faith in God and following Christ's example is, is nothing tangible necessarily that we can point other people to except to say that we have a, a kind of hope that non-believers simply don't have. They can't have it because they don't understand 
what happens when the lights go out. Okay, so we have this hope, which uh, you know, think about this for a second. If if you have more hope and more peace and more joy in your life, because you don't have to worry about things like what happens if I contract a deadly disease. What happens if I contract cancer? What happens if I'm in a horrible car accident and I'm disabled? These are things that you don't focus on any longer, or at least certainly not to the degree that you did before, because you understand that in the end, none of this is going to matter. That in the end, your body will be made whole, your spirit will be made whole, and that you will be spending eternity with God, in his presence, in heaven, capital H, heaven. So these are things that provide us with, again, to to go back to that specific verse, an abundant hope, more hope than we know what to do with, which in and of itself, if you look at it just from a strictly worldly standpoint, having an abundance of hope changes the quality of the life that you live. So just by having that hope, that in and of itself changes the quality of life and allows you to, as the phrase is used so commonly anymore, to live your best life. Because again, going back to some of the subjects I've covered before, you don't have to worry about what comes after this? You don't have to worry about failing. You get to go forward with not just hope, but peace, security, and strength, knowing that God is guiding your steps and that no matter what happens, we are on the winning team. We know how this story ends. Now, don't misunderstand, folks. I'm not saying that God does not bless his people in tangible, earthly ways. He does. It happens all the time. We have a tendency, however, to look past that and forget that because they're typical mundane things that just happen in your day-to-day life. But if you've ever found yourself in a position where you have received abundantly from God, in a way that you know could not have come from any other place. It's not a coincidence. It's entirely too perfectly timed for this to be a coincidence or for this to have been random chance. You have truly been blessed by God and you've been touched by him and you understand what that means. Then all of the rest of this then becomes, again, going back to the line, abundant hope. You've lived through that, and you know what it feels like. And so because of that, you get to go forward with strength and confidence. So let's let's take a, a little bit closer look at some of the other references that help kind of flesh out what this abundant life really means. First of all, as I often try to do, I want to I point out that this whole idea of abundance does not just come from the New Testament. And again, I want to reiterate that the entire Bible is crucial to Christianity, not just the Old Testament, not just the New Testament, but the entire 
Bible. It's, it's, it's been my belief ever since I was a kid that the cover of the book should read W.H. Holy Bible. In other words, you need to read the whole thing. You need to take the whole thing in context. So looking back into the Old Testament, we, we turn to Isaiah chapter 58, verse number 11, and it says, And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Now, again, if you're familiar with Scripture, you know that is a direct reference to the Messiah who would be a spring of living water. He had this discussion with a woman at a well who, by all, by all rights and by all means, Jesus shouldn't have been talking to because she was outcast. But we'll get into that story another time. The point is that Jesus was referred to as the living water. The water from which, if you draw from this well, if you drink from this well, you will never thirst again. And again, this is not a reference to a physical bodily thirst. It is a reference to a spiritual thirst, a spiritual quenching, a desire that is coming from within that cannot be satisfied by this world and by the things of this world. Now, that having been said, going back to what I had said earlier about the alternate to abundant life is abundant death. And Paul touched on that in his letter to the Romans, uh, uh, chapter 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life, eternal life. Let me say that again. The free gift of God is eternal life life in Christ Jesus, our Lord, eternal life. So that right there is the, the culmination, the backup, if you will, the, the clarification on what this abundant life really means. Ultimately, it's a description of what our eternal life in heaven is going to look like because we have this abundant life in Christ. But understand very clearly that it's not just about what comes after the lights go out, as they say. This is also about, again, forgive me for repeating myself, but living your best life here and now. Because if you, if you live your life with this abundant hope, then there's nothing else in this world that can get you to a place where you despair. Now again, we are, we're broken, we're fallen. Sometimes we lose sight of what's right in front of us. And that's human. That, that, that unfortunately, that is our nature. So don't think for a moment that I'm trying to tell you that if you, if you find yourself overwhelmed and, and if you find yourself ready to throw in the towel and ready to despair, that somehow you've lost your, your, your Christianity. That's not the case. But what you do need to do is to turn your thoughts back to Jesus. Turn your prayers back to God. Give all of this over to him. Surrender all of this to him completely. And, and, and don't, don't try to take it back from him. When you've surrendered something, that means you no longer have it. So let him have that despair. Give it all to him. Now, I'm not saying, again, that by doing so, all of a sudden, everything's going to be rosy. 
I'm not trying to tell you that if you're still going through whatever it is you're going through, that somehow you're doing it wrong. That may or may not be the case. What I'm trying to tell you is you need to do so in order to be able to get that abundant hope back, to feel that abundant hope, and in so doing, live your best life. To be able to have that abundant life in the form of abundant hope while we're here so that it's easier for us to keep our eyes on the abundant life that will be granted to us at the resurrection. These are the things that we need to focus on. This is how we, we enjoy that abundant life. That's what having more life than you know what to do with is about is allowing Jesus to make that transformation in you so that you can have more hope than you know what to do with and have abundant life here on earth because you know how the story ends. You know who's going to win the fight. And then in so doing, enter into abundant life as your reward when your time here is through. I hope that's helped a little bit. I know this one's a little bit shorter than usual, but uh, it, it just it it just felt right. Um, with that, I, I thank you for tuning in. This has been the Sower Seed Pod podcast. I'm your host, Gordon Dean. God bless. <laughs>